Bikini Smith. In 2009, while going through a divorce, I decided to jump straight into entrepreneurship. In 2012, I lost my sister and asked myself, what legacy do I want to leave behind? Since then, I've become a serial entrepreneur, helping other women publish their books, produce their podcasts, and reach their big goals to walk in their greatness. I realized the importance of sharing our stories of resilience and how it can be another's guide to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. We are blessed to be a blessing. So get ready to be blessed with an inspiring testimony. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the Awak of My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, and conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but I'm more interested in her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. (laughs) Today we have Renee Bagwadine. She is a fashion model and entrepreneur. She's the founder of Soul Ties Shoe Shop, a shoe subscription box for your mind, body, and soul. She's the former Next Top Model Cycle 20, making it in the top five, and I believe as Miss Trinidad and Tobago. As a teen, she was one of the first Black women to place at the Miss International Competition in China. So please welcome to the show, Renee. Hey. Hey. <laughs> like, who is that girl you're talking about? Kind of... <laughs> wow. I love it when I read people's bios and they're like, wow. And I'm like, yeah, girl, that's all you. That's all you. <laughs> oh, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, like, before we even recorded, when you said this is your first time what, being on a podcast? Not a podcast like this. I've had, like, interviews, like, that's kind of like, you know, what are you doing? But not, like, yeah. something that's faith-based, something I'm actually interested in, you know? <laughs> I awesome. Love I love it. I am completely honored right now, so thank you. Oh, thank you. Sorry. So the very first time we met, I was actually dating a guy who was a model, and we were in New York, and he was doing a photo shoot with Shemayim. And you oh, came in... <laughs> You came in and I was like, okay, of all of the people that were there, you were the most chill, like your vibe was super (laughs) friendly. You had no like super ego, like a lot of models that I've interacted with. And I was like, I like this girl. Yeah. I remember you from there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, girl. It's so funny that you (laughs) you even mentioned mine. And that's like a very horrifying person. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Like had wow. some bad experiences with him. Extremely bad. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that. Like yeah, you know, I haven't spoken to him in years, but I mean yeah. I'm very sorry to hear you had to go through anything bad. No, it's cool. But yeah, like I mean, it's funny you say that like about models too. Like I never really met like a model that has like a huge ego. I feel like people expected from some of us. And then like sometimes like you know when someone like expects something from you and then like they don't get that yeah and i'm just like the person all right you expect a bitch sorry can i curse? <laughs> yeah. yeah you can say whatever you want sorry <laughs> like, you expect that so this is what i'm going to give you you know what i mean i feel like you yeah. just have to feel people out and i give you what you give me so you probably awesome. were awesome <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome okay so we'll talk a little bit more about the modeling industry in a little bit but 
I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by and a title that's not given enough significance is our names and our names have meaning. So I would love to know, Renee, do you know what your name means? I do. I was really excited for you to ask me that. (laughs) (laughs) So my first name, it means rebirth. I'm like weird about it because it's like, Rebirth just constantly means you have to keep rebuilding yourself, but that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. It's just mm-hmm. challenging, you know, and that's definitely defining me. My last name is my favorite. It's Bagwan Dean, and mm. it means blessed God. And love I it. love it so much because it's like that defines everything about me. And I used to get bullied for that name. And when I found out what it meant, you can't tell me. <laughs> Shit. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, who, God's for you, who's against you. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> and that is what I love about finding out the meaning of someone's name. Because every time someone says your name, they're declaring that meaning to you. And the reason I even have that as a question on the show is because I grew up hating my name because I got bullied for it as well. And see, what does that mean? See, and as an adult, I discovered that it means strength of character. So ooh, every ooh, time that- someone says my name, they're declaring that. Yes, I love that. <laughs> see see and you have such a powerful name so to all yeah, those haters out there look at you now <laughs> exactly i mean it's all in a name and my name was actually spelled wrong the oh, my wow. family name bagwan din and when my dad was born my uh i guess like his uncle had to go sign his birth certificate because my grandma was sick mm-hmm. and i guess like in the rush of it he spelled it bagwan din so originally it meant to be with god and oh. so you know, so like I'm the first, I guess, of this generation with my last name, and now it means blessed by God. So I like to think like <laughs> it's my name. I'm like yes, <laughs> my name. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of when you know you were born, you were a little girl. I love to find out where people started before I get to where they are presently. And usually, you know, because as kids, we have such vivid imaginations and, you know, we have these beautiful visions of what we want to be when we get older. I love to ask women, like, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? (laughs) I'm weird. Let's just start there. Okay. (laughs) Um, You're not weird. I want to be a butterfly. (laughs) See, I love that. I wanted to be... (laughs) I still want to be a butterfly. So I'm the first. I'm the first of my generation on both sides. So naturally, you know, I'm like literally Queen Sheba. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) But I was, you know, like the first baby, the first grandchild. It's like everybody's just like in the center of their attention, good and bad. You know what I mean? So when I was little, I didn't really have much time before my sister was born. She's 11 months younger. But I was... I was always like, my head was always in the clouds, literally. (laughs) I would be like in the tree, like talking to the leaves. I remember like when I was younger, I used to think I could sing. I can't like at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I would like sing into the wind, hoping like a butterfly would take my voice and send it to like whoever I was like obsessed with at the time and let them know that, you know, she can sing and they would call me and I literally would wait by the phone. (laughs) Like, it's just like the the weirdest things I used to do. But I definitely wanted to be a butterfly. I love how the meaning of Renee is like rebirth and reborn. And that is a symbolism of a butterfly. 
Really? (laughs) (laughs) If you look at like, you know, because a butterfly, it's like a caterpillar and then it goes into the cocoon and then it's reborn, right? So true. I love that. I love that. Okay, so then tell us, how did you get into the modeling industry? Well, well, first of all, I was born in Trinidad and Tobago, mm-hmm. and I was extremely close to my grandmother. She's um, passed on now, but her and I were like, she was like my my everything. Like I can imagine like Cinderella being like that with like her fairy godmother, mm-hmm. <laughs> like type. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was younger, first she t- she said, "You can be a lawyer. You can be." She basically made me feel like no matter what I wanted or never, no matter what I was, it was possible. Even the butterfly. Mm-hmm. And then I started after the butterfly. I started being obsessed with baby dolls because like they were my friends. Like I did have my sister and brother, but I was more like to myself in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, I would talk to my dolls and then I wanted to be a doll because like I liked the little outfits that my grandma would make. So I wanted like the dolls to put the clothes on and I wanted clothes too. So then she started making clothes for both of us. I still actually have some of that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy because just growing up, I was able to interact with my grandmother and she like made me feel when I was younger, I used to look at the TV and my grandma would be like, one day you're going to be one of the most photographed women in the world. She kind of had like a premonition when I was born and she foresaw certain things. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if it's like defined my life or my life was defined by that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the first thing she saw was I would be one of the most photographed women in the world when I was born. She also saw that I would be Miss Trinidad and Tobago. She also said that I would have my number one gift would be influence and a few other things I just don't remember at this point right now. Mm-hmm. But before she died, none of those things had happened. None of those things could have even like in my wildest dreams even begin to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, after she passed away, I got fired from a job and my boss sent me to be Miss Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> he took my last check and sent me to Trinidad to do it. Because wow. I was living in the States now. So there was like no real way of, you know what I mean? And it's a big deal to be Miss Universe in Trinidad mm-hmm. and Tobago. Mm-hmm. So like, I even think like, I could even be, you know, one of those girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was one of the starts. And then I was on MySpace and an agent from Ford uh, hit me up on MySpace when I was 16 and she was just like, you could be a model. So like back then, obviously my vain self was like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course I can. <laughs> so I told my parents and they're very overprotective and I was, you know, Caribbean background. So they think, you know, do- a lawyer, doctor or rocket scientist, right. not a model. Right. <laughs> so mom, she said, when you graduate, no, she, yeah. She said, when you graduate, you'll be able to do modeling. So I I figured out a way to do two grades in one and I graduated at 16 and she was like, well, you can't do it until you turn 18. So she kind of tricked me, but then the day (laughs) I turned 18, (laughs) I got signed and was able to start modeling there. That's kind of like the cliff notes version of how I started. Wow. Okay. So your boss took your last paycheck when you're living in the States and sent you back to, to Trinidad to be like try out for Miss Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah, I'd done. So this was after the MySpace thing. So I'd done like a couple photo shoots, nothing like good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so 
also my boss, he would, he's actually still a friend of mine. He, I it wasn't working for me, obviously (laughs) at that point. Mm -hmm. So I got a job at new you magazine. I was a marketing director at the time and I was also in college and I had just dropped out of college because I thought I was going to be a model. And Mm -hmm. like one day he was on Facebook and they were nominated girls. And for some reason, my name was in it. And he called me into the office. He was like, first of all, you're fired. So I'm just sitting there like, what? Like, you know, (laughs) what's going on? You know, (laughs) and I had just gone on a trip with my friends and spent all my money. So I'm just like, I have no money. You know, what am I going to do? He was like, well, you have a plane ticket to go to Trinidad. I don't care what you do. Get your ass on the plane. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I did. (laughs) That's what I did. My parents weren't like super excited about it. But I mean, I'm not a kind of person you can really like, you know, I'm a zebra. You can't really ride a zebra. I'm going to do what I want anyways. (laughs) Right. So like that instant, it just got in my head that my grandmother said that this could happen. So I immediately believed that I was going to win that year. I didn't. But that took me on the journey into becoming that (laughs) Mm -hmm. beauty queen. It kind of was just fate. There was no way I would have ever thought. (laughs) Okay. So first, my condolences on your grandmother. You said she passed away. And you spoke to, you know, how your grandmother, she believed that you could be anything that you wanted to be. And it was like she was a prophet where she was prophesying things that were going to happen in your life, which, you know, you said didn't happen until after she passed. But way after she passed, like way after. She's been saying I was born. (laughs) And it's scary. But look, it happened, right? It did. And it didn't happen. The crazy part is that people, you know, like you hear like, this is going to happen to you. This is going to happen to you. And like when you're actually in those situations, it's never what you expect, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I would characterize that experience as one of the hardest thing I've ever, 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 ever had to do. And like, mm-hmm. it was a time in my life, I feel like I was able to grow the most and I was able to go back to Trinidad and like learn my culture. I was, that was the first, I was so upset that my grandma passed away at the time. Still kind of am. It's cancer. <laughs> so there's no reason for me to feel like that, but you know, I do. Right. And it was, I didn't go to her funeral. You know, I didn't cry. I didn't do any of those things. So for me to be able to go there for the first time and see her grave, that was big. The day that I was top, I think it was top 18 at the time, I was able to bring her my flowers. I'm like, sorry, but like all of those things was like things that I think my soul needed. Like God knew that these things I needed to like let go of so that I can be able to like move forward with my life. Yeah, you need to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still doing that, but like slowly, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. Grieving is a process. Like you can't rush, you know, everyone grieves differently. And it, and I think it also depends on how close you are with the person, how your, your grieving yeah. goes, right? Yeah. She was like everything to me. Not that my mom and dad and everybody weren't like amazing. Mm-hmm. She was just the only person I felt still feel like in my life that has ever understood the weirdness of me <laughs> unapologetically and it's crazy because one day I hope to be that for someone because it's lonely in these streets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. I can relate to you in a sense where my sister and my grandmother, they both passed away a year apart from each other. Um, oh, no, I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank you. My sister uh, passed away the summer of 20, 
12 and then my grandmother a year later, the summer of 2013. And they were both, in my eyes, the closest to yeah. me. My mm-hmm. grandmother came up to Canada. My mother brought her up. I think it was 1988. She helped raise me, you know, from oh. kindergarten up. And then my sister, who was like my best friend, you know, we yeah. we looked the same. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, losing them, obviously, especially people that you feel understand you or get you yeah. when the rest of the world doesn't. You know, the people that make you feel the most seen, heard, and understood, when you lose them, it's a struggle. It's a challenge. Yeah. I, like, put on makeup because I thought you were going to be able to see me. So I'm, like, wiping my whole – my whole face is, like, in my hand right now. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm a crier, so don't be alarmed. (laughs) Oh, listen, I cry a whole lot. I don't know if you had an opportunity to listen to last week's episode, but I was a mess. (laughs) Oh, Hey, that makes me feel better because like they're probably like this basket case like what no. is going on <laughs> with and me that is not what, you. like I love these conversations because I'm not a fan of superficial conversations I don't do well in those conversations Same. but when it's when it's like deep conversations conversations about life and meaning and what really you know touches our hearts and our souls like I I'm an empath so I feel deeply Same. and then that's when you get me like crying my behind off um, yeah, <laughs> no, I I totally get it. So am I. So good. that's another, <laughs> another reason. <laughs> good. See, I get you. I get you. Yeah. Okay. So share with us what the journey's been like carving out a space for yourself, especially as a Black woman in the modeling industry. Well, um, I guess it all goes back to my grandmother. I've never fit in as anything. Not as a Trinidadian. I had an issue with being too American in that pageant. Um, not as a black woman because I'm not black or white enough. I'm not anything enough because I'm mixed. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't everything. I wasn't old enough. You know, it was just always, for some reason, I was a puzzle piece that was from a whole different box. Mm-hmm. And I think that I was upset with God and my grandmother a lot because I always thought that he took her away, but in a good way too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just just coming to terms with that. So he, I feel like he took her away because some people, they're able to follow a path that comes behind someone else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a big way, I had to like carve out my own path so that people who didn't fit in the puzzle pieces as well can come behind me or be mm-hmm. able to you know, have the strength to do that for themselves in their own lane. Mm-hmm. And I was upset with God for that because it's lonely and it's hard to, you know, like, how do you know what, you know, where to go when there's no path? Right. Really. And like, how do you know where you fit in? How do you know who you are? So like, I think my whole life I've always tried to, I'm really good at at knowing my quote unquote place. I know what people see when they see me. So I'm, I'm, I was really good at doing that. So mm-hmm. in the modeling industry, it really did help me a lot, I guess, because I'm, I'm, I'm friendly, you know, to yes. people I want to be to. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely be the opposite. Trust me. <laughs> but as far as the the modeling industry, I was thinking about this yesterday. God has protected me from so much, especially like who gets a call from, not a call, like a message from MySpace and mm-hmm. that not be a serial killer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. my first job, my, my parents were so strict that and they were it's not that they were mean or anything like that they were just very like we're we're first generation american so they were really 
you know, cautious to make sure that their daughters and, you know, son as well are protected. So I never even spent the night at anyone's house before. And my first job, I like, I was like, yeah, I'm going to my friend's house. I like planned it all out and went to Mexico for my first photo shoot. Like, <laughs> and I was too, you know, of wow. a crown on my butt. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I didn't realize it at the time, but these situations that I was put in were extremely dangerous, extremely crazy, but God just took care of me. And there have been rooms where I remember actually more recent than before, they'll ask me to go into the the service elevator and all the white girls are going to the the regular elevator or like, I'm the only, yeah, like I'm the only black girl there. And the thing about me and race in this industry is that I'm the token in a sense. So a lot of the times they don't want to put a, a black woman that would physically, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they wouldn't yeah. want to put a black woman. They would rather put me because I'm white enough. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, let's just throw her in there to, you know, sprinkle some seasoning on this. Right. And it didn't bother me back then because I was so numb. I was mm-hmm. also, I was used to always being that. So I put up like all these bar, like walls of, around me to protect myself And now that I'm like sitting there thinking about these things, it was hard because it was only just me. And I didn't realize how integral God was in my journey, because first of all, I would have never even taken that opportunity with the Miss Universe thing if my grandma didn't suggest that I can actually do something like that. Right. Um, She said that I would be my biggest gift would be influence. She's been dead over 10 years how does she know what an influencer is? And that's right. what I am right now. Right. So like, you know, like it's been the guide to help me in the modeling industry because it's a dark, lonely, scary place if you really open your eyes. But it's also such a beautiful place filled with beautiful people just like me right. in their own way. Right. That was my favorite part of my entire journey, meeting the most beautifully broken people I have ever met in my entire life. And it's so beautiful to me. Like, wow, so much. And there's so many of it's all of us. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, you spoke to having to basically carve your own path, especially as being the only or being the first. And I know that for a lot of people listening that that is scary. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But the fact that the fact that you have done it and are doing it. It's proof yeah. that it can be done. You know, oftentimes, and I, I totally get where you're coming from with that because there's been many spaces that I've been either the only black person or the only black woman. My mentor, Bob Proctor, majority of his other coaches, they're not black. And when I go into a room of, say, 150 coaches from all around the world, being the only or one of, you know, maximum four other black yeah. people in the room, it can be very uncomfortable. And yeah. You know, the, just the to conversations. see someone like you, you know what I mean? Just to like, yeah. see, hey girl, we're, you know, yeah, oh, it's comforting. And, and, <laughs> and I mean, like you said before, there sometimes it's for us to carve that path for those to come after us. And I'm a true believer in leading by example. And yeah. the reason why I'm so passionate about sharing all of the stories of all you amazing women on the podcast is that like every single one of us, we all have a story and our stories are unique, 
but there is something within your story that could be someone else's survival guide. It could be someone else's blueprint. It could be someone else's self-help lesson or whatever to help them get through life, to help them move forward because your story is inspiring. Like to know you're welcome to -hmm. know that you have been able to get places that many people thought impossible and you yourself may have thought once impossible shows that it is possible. Right. Yeah, that's like the thing with China. Um, after the Miss Universe thing, I lost terribly. <laughs> yeah. and I did become Miss Photogenic, but you know, and as soon as I went back home, my parents was like, see, you should be in school. I was gifted. So I should be a doctor or a lawyer or a rocket scientist, you know, on paper. Wow. And when I came home, it was like, a, you know, like when you're depressed, it's easy for people to not control you. But like my parents, in their minds, they were trying to help me. Right. And I was literally like in my room the entire week. And I was just like, no, this is crazy. And this random woman from Canada, I don't know anybody from Canada at that point. She calls me and she's just like, hey, I think that they rigged the con- competition, blah, blah, blah. I think so too. But anyways, wow. it definitely was. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> she said, I think that that's what happened. And I want the girl that's going, it's going to go to Miss Universe there's another girl in another competition that was going to Miss Earth. And these were all women that were from Trinidad and they mm-hmm. grew up there. So that, I think that was a big issue with me that I grew up in the States. Mm-hmm. And she was just a competition called the Miss Inter- International Competition. And it's one of the, the big pageants. But I want you to, I want to let you know, and this is a white woman. Mm-hmm. I want to let you know that there has never been a black woman that has ever won or placed ever. And I know that you have the opportunity to, to go there. And if you really want to, you know, if you, cause I was bitter and still a little bitter about like <laughs> what happened in that competition. So she was just like, this is your chance to prove yourself. And it's going to be harder for you because you're black. Right. You know what I mean? And it, in China, China, Chinese people, they just don't know what we got going on. <laughs> and the girl who went to the Miss Universe, she had actually, I had actually gone to that competition excited to meet her, but she was not excited to see me. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, so, and she was more white than not too. So that was another thing. Mm-hmm. And we all went, she didn't place, neither did the girl at Miss Earth. And I did. I like did not expect, did wow. not expect that completely at all. Like I was just there to have a great time. And like, I'm actually going somewhere I'm in China completely broke my sister like sold her like family heirlooms don't tell my parents they sold no gosh so it's just to like buy my plane ticket you know and wow. i went with zero dollars in my account all my friends were like girl you got this so they got all their best clothes they put it in my suitcase and like i was all, like i was off and mm-hmm. what so i'm standing next to miss thailand and it's, it's alphabetical order so they call her so i was just like oh okay I knew I wasn't going to get called and it's crazy because right after they called her, they called me. Wow. And I think God did that to be like, you better have faith because no matter what you're blessed by God. And I think it was, you know, God's way of being like, girl, you're always going to be called because you're mine. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, (laughs) I can't believe that. Like me out of any, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
out of like all these girls, Miss USA was a black woman. And I thought she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I thought for sure it would be her. If they're going to pick one, it had to be the mm-hmm. light skin, light eyes girl, not the me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, me. <laughs> but look at that. Okay. So a couple of things that I heard from there. I mean, first of all, when, earlier when you said when you lost Miss Universe badly, and I'm thinking, I don't really see things as a loss or a lesson, right? Oh, it was, yeah. It was for something for you to, to learn through that and to be able to tell the story to teach other people. And then Girl even strength. when you're saying <laughs> they, they called, they called Miss Thailand, you didn't expect them to call you and they did. The, the other lesson in, in there is expect the unexpected because honestly, yeah. God has done some things in my life that I'm like, uh, are you sure? What's <laughs> exactly, exactly. And by then I should have known that that's how God works with me too. Like, I don't even, you know what I mean? Like you never expect certain stuff. And then like, mm-hmm. he just like shows out in the most yeah. like, inhuman way yeah <laughs> miracles that, yeah Girl, expect miracles <laughs> <laughs> so what inspires you the most about what you do to be honest I'm still figuring that out because for a long time it's just like just like how my boss fired me or like I've just random person will call and like it's always been something that's happening to me you mm-hmm. know what I mean like I did pursue it yes but when I pursued it it didn't work out at all. And I'm just like, all right, I'm done. God, now's your chance. What am I supposed to do now? Like, which, you know, which Walmart am I working in right today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For example, I moved to New York. I ran away from home after that, after the China thing. Cause I Mm -hmm. thought maybe, you know, I have to take a chance on myself. My parents said, you can't do it. If this is your dream, you did it. You did well. Now is it time to like, go back to school and do the responsible thing. And I wasn't trying to hear that. <laughs> I was right, like 20. Right. So I had a big fight with them and I ran away from home and I went to New York again, broke the, it's crazy when you like relay like your whole story and you're just what the, what are we doing? <laughs> like, how did I get here? What was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I would, oh my gosh. I couldn't believe, I, I don't know what I would do if I was my parents, but <laughs> seriously, I would like chain me to the wall. <laughs> but I did run away in the airport. I first of all, I've never been anywhere. China and and Trinidad were the only two places in wow. Mexico. And mind you, I'm extremely sheltered. I've never spent a night at someone's house crossing mm-hmm. the like as an adult. My parents still try to hold my hand, so it's like <laughs> I'm so serious. <laughs> so I don't have very much life experiences. To like say at this point so I go to New York and then because I just it was just a random guy just like hey I'm a modeling agent I'll send you a, a ticket I think you have potential basically mm-hmm. and I just got mm-hmm. on the plane that morning you know wow. just, and then when I got there I'm like I don't have his phone number I don't know where I'm going I just got <laughs> on a plane. I have nothing like that and then as soon I'm sitting at baggage claim crying <laughs> as usual and this tall, <laughs> beautiful Asian woman is walking towards me. And for some reason, I feel like, you know, have you ever met like a friend where I don't believe in reincarnation, but I do believe that energy is never destroyed. So maybe it's something yes. like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I've yes. met this girl, like I've known this girl before in a sense, like our souls, it was meant, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain it. She just walked up to me. She was like, hey, do you know that? I don't know even how to like take a cab, you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting yeah. there like, I came. 
So like, I was just like, I came here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I didn't even get his number. And I'm like rambling. She's just like, is his name so-and-so? And I was just like, yeah. And <laughs> she went to the same mall apartment as me. Oh, wow. Tell me, tell me that that's not God taking extra. Takes, me. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> In New York City, the odds of that is like being struck by lightning. <laughs> wow. And like, this girl, she has had more life experiences than I have. You know, her parents are different. Her name was Shy, And me and her from that second on, we learned New York together. And I learned wow. so much. Like I learned life. You know what I mean? I lo- Like I learned friends. Like I was in the mall apartment with girls that I'm still best friends with. Shy and I aren't really close anymore. But like I could never, ever replace how much... I appreciate her and love her for like, mm-hmm. that's not my life. I could not do that on my own. And he sent her mm-hmm. and shit. <laughs> I don't know like, how that was possible. Like down to even jobs, we would book this. She's Asian. I'm black. Yeah. I know like they book one of each. The jobs that I didn't know how to get to, it would always be both of us. Like he always <laughs> sent each other. <laughs> Seriously. That's <laughs> amazing. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you you spoke earlier where you said things just kept happening to you. And I believe they were happening for you. And I'm this true believer in following the energy. And oftentimes, we, you know, we're fighting against things, or we're not tapping into our intuition as people. And I've learned, like, I'm not trying to argue with God. I'm not trying to fight with God. I follow the energy. I believe like everything that happens to me, good or bad, is meant for me. And it's meant yeah. to bring me onto the path that I'm supposed to be on. But it's beautiful That's- how you've told all of these parts of your story and it just shows how things have happened for you. I love that. And I'm still fighting God. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> I should- you know what I mean? Like, you know you're not going to win, right? <laughs> exactly. Who was it? Was it David in the Bible? Was it David that was wrestling with God or Josiah? <sighs> Uh, I can't remember right now. <laughs> yeah, but like, girl, I have no business doing that because God has never put me in a bad position. Period. Even right? in the bad positions, I, girl. I, what are the odds of the things that has happened to happen? I'm just thinking about the pieces of your story, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to sit back and look at everything that you've experienced. Like, okay, so for example, I know right now with COVID and with all these things that are happening in the world, everybody's going through this phase of uncertainty and yeah, know, like feeling all these different emotions. But if right. you just take a step back and reflect on everything that has happened in your life, everything, every blessing that God has given to you, every divine connection mm-hmm. that he has placed you with, every opportunity that you've had, every accolade that you've attained, and you're like, uh, how did this happen? So- right. And what did you Because I didn't do any of this. Like, you just Exactly. Because right? I would have never been able to do this if it wasn't, like, a drastic push. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, I was just saying to someone just yesterday, like, I, you know, I have situations that are happening behind the scenes in my personal life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to stress it because God has never let me down, like. However, things are supposed to turn out, they will. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's crazy. (laughs) I love it. Like as I'm saying it, like what the fuck is wrong with you, Renee? (laughs) What did like you know? Like what? Like what makes me think that I'm that invincible? But you know what? It is God. Amen. Yep. 
It's definitely oftentimes God. We, so oftentimes we're in a situation mm-hmm. and because we are blinded by our situation, you know, we're, we're looking at our current circumstance and we're judging life by our current circumstances. We can, you yeah. know, allow the doubt and the fear and all those things to creep in. But if yeah. you take those blinders off for a sec and you allow things, especially tapping into what's inside of you. Yeah. Once oh you're gosh. able to tap into right. that and you can align, girl, I'm in. <laughs> like I have how no do words. you do that? Because that's where I am in my life right now. How do you do that? Because, like I said, from this year, let's go backward. Everything I feel like, like you said, has happened to me or happened for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to like sit down and like actually. It just, it doesn't feel like it, like it's me. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I like look in the mirror and not even recognize who I am. It's like your experience is happening. You're, you're looking at your life from the outside. Yeah. Not even like, I don't even feel like I'm in the building. (laughs) 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 Like I was, I, so COVID actually was a blessing as well in my life Mm -hmm. because, um, the day that they shut down the country, I'd just come back from shooting a, a swim campaign in Cuba Mm-hmm. And it's a 30 minute ride from the Miami airport to my house. I felt my body deteriorating like crazy. And I feel like it was COVID, but they said it wasn't, but it was bad. And I went to my parents' house because I was supposed to go back to New York. I went to my parents' house and like, naturally, I'm like on their bed, like a little baby, like crying. And they mm-hmm. were at home that day. My mom was actually at church. So we're on their way back home and... I woke up in the ambulance. I was unresponsive from that amount of time. They said if they didn't find you in wow. enough time, who knows what could have been. There's God again. And oh I'm in the goodness. ambulance. And I have never felt so sick in my entire life. Like, it was crazy. And then there was, like, people with strokes and, like, all kinds of stuff, like, in there that, I mean, I just have, like, a cold. And they, like, cleared out the entire room. They don't know who I was. Not, like, it wasn't like, you know, oh, she's a model. You know, let's give her mm-hmm. special treatment kind of. It was just like, God just prepared that room for him. There was a man with a stroke outside my waiting wow. for a room. And mm-hmm. so like after that, it just, I couldn't go anywhere. So I like stayed home at my parents' house where I'm still here now. And this year I have not. So first of all, I'm, I want to say that I don't even know who I am really. And this year has like brought out the truth in like, I think in everyone, it shows mm-hmm. the truth. And recently, I feel like I've kind of because like it's been a lot of not just downtime, but a lot of family time for mm-hmm. me. And this year has really inspired me to look at myself rather than me trying to be what everybody else expects of me. I'm really right. good at that. So a couple of weeks ago, I just started feeling really, really tired. Just I was just really tired. So I thought I had COVID again. Wow. So I went to the, the urgent care and the urgent care basically told me I have chronic stress and mm. what the, um, so I had to get a therapist and all this stuff. And the therapist is basically saying that I pushed back all the, the stuff that has happened, like the hurt, the, you know, the pain, the you whatever. It. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's, I don't know why, but that's like the most scary thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like to f- the fact that there's something going on inside of me that I don't know about, especially like the me that I don't know about mm-hmm. scares me. And then I had an acting class yesterday and oh my gosh. So, you know, like you go in acting class and you're like expecting to cry. (laughs) I thought it was acting. (laughs) I was so pissed off yesterday. I have the most amazing acting teacher and I've been sucking at it. 
And she's just like, the what's the problem here is that you're getting in your own way. I'm a perfectionist. Right. I'm always trying. I don't like not being good at something. Like it bothers me to my core. And I'm right. not doing well enough at this, in my opinion. So she was just like saying stuff. Like she made me look at myself because it was recorded. Mm-hmm. And every second I'm like fixing I'm like fixing my hair, fixing this, like, you know, like when I'm uncomfortable, like you can see my body language change. And I don't know. She was just like, if you were to be able to hold your seven-year-old self's hand right now and love her the way that you feel like she needs to be loved, what would happen? And I just start bawling, crying like a dummy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just like, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's like that conversation alone made me realize that like, I'm going through life with like barriers up to protect myself. Right. I need to figure out what I'm protecting myself from, why I'm protecting myself from it. And why do I feel like it's okay to be everybody else's opinion rather than myself? Right. So after I like cursed her out, like I thought this acting crying shit was supposed to be crying for acting, not like real life crying for like (laughs) self-help, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that happened because today that happened yesterday. So today now I'm just like going through like, who are you? What do you like? What's your favorite color for real? What is your, you know, what do you actually like to eat? You know what I mean? Like, is it important to actually be spending time on myself rather than spending time with other people? Like my grandma's sick, my dad, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. is it selfish? I'm so confused. I'm like in the most broken place I've ever been in my entire life. And it's the most peace I've ever had, weirdly. Because it feels like this is my piece. Does See, as you just said, as you just said, you're in the most broken place. My head immediately started to raise and I got goosebumps. And I was like, really? you're not in a broken place. You're healing. Yeah. You're but healing. Good- yeah. It, it, the healing is ugly, girlfriend. It's not supposed to be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't all like change, it. <laughs> all change is messy at first and it's beautiful yeah. in the end. It's uncomfortable. But the fact that you are coming to this place where not only have you recognized that you need to discover who Renee is, what Renee wants, what Renee loves, what Renee enjoys, what makes Renee Renee, that's yeah. that that inner like being, I don't even have the words for it right now. Um, but <laughs> you know, the, the fact that you have come to this realization where you are looking at yourself for who you are and not who you are expected to be. And yeah. I think part of from my experience with models and, and actors and the things that I read, because there's a lot of personal development books that use yeah. training from acting training. Um, yeah. But it's like modeling, because that's more of an exterior superficial world where people are looking at you from the outside. So your idea of being perfect on the outside, that could be related yeah. to the modeling industry. But then when it oh, comes sure. to acting, it's it requires you to connect with, identity with self-image because you have to become something else right so that's that's a lot of deeper thoughts and feelings because in order to be on camera on stage and cry and make people believe in what you are acting you have to connect with that identity of that so I think you're going through that process now of you know because you're understanding yourself but you're transitioning from modeling to acting those are two complete different like two different worlds, right? It, yeah. And it people... sucks. It sucks. <laughs> I hate it. I think, oh, I, I fucking hate it. It's so bad. The most uncomfortable thing has ever happened to me was yesterday. <laughs> Period. 
So even when you said, you know, you're a perfectionist, like in, in my world, yeah. in the personal development world, perfectionism is actually toxic because there's this it, idea that we, we can be perfect. And I mean, our spiritual DNA is perfect. We are created the way that yeah. God created us. Yes. But in terms of our actions being perfect, there is no such thing. <laughs> so, okay. If you think of even children, when they yeah. do things, you know, it, it's trial and error. We learn through exploring. So you do something wrong, you learn, okay, I don't want to do it that way again. Let me try this way. So it's, right. it's not about perfectionism. And, and people who are even successful in life, like they're not afraid to fail because they know that they have to fail in order to get to that next level, right? Like right. they actually welcome failure. They welcome things not being perfect because that's how they are able to grow and to move forward and to learn. So yeah. I think- the modeling industry, because you got into it from so young, the mm-hmm. idea of being who people project on you or being perfect or, you know, having something a like bar- anything to do with bar- <laughs> Yes, there you go. Like I, 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 I'm no therapist, but I mean, <laughs> being yeah, a coach no. is a lot of what I do. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, no, <laughs> it, it feels like you have you now have to unlearn a lot of the the habits and ideas that you had in order to survive in the modeling world. So I have a question for you. Have you, do you feel like this is something that everyone goes through or this is like, you know, like a, a case of like a, like certain, certain types of people go through it because like, do you mean in terms of like identifying self or? Yeah. Or even just not knowing, first of all okay like I guess and this is how I would explain it I don't know how this is going to sound but I feel like my whole life I I wanted to be a doll and I was Mm -hmm. literally plastic doll and I've been protecting myself by the plastic on the outside you know Mm -hmm. and I'm really really good at it like I'm really good at like showing people I'm like you know like a mirror like I'm reflecting a lot Mm -hmm. especially empath and I know how to approach people because I know how they feel so it's like it's hard to see that a lot of me has been a shield is that Mm -hmm. normal not normal but like is that like is it common yeah yes so it's very common it's very common for us as people to not necessarily like it's it let's say it's rare for people who are their authentic selves to show up as their authentic selves like even there are some people who are out here portraying to be their authentic selves and are still putting on this mask and they're pretending to be who they believe people want them to be (laughs) Um, gotcha a huge commonality in the people that come to me for coaching is they are having trouble identifying self and having we we have to basically go through this whole thing of redoing their self-image because their entire lives Mm -hmm. they've done either what they've been told to do or what they thought they were supposed to do or what they were expected to do but not doing what they truly desired to do so there are women grown women in their late 30s 40s and even 50s that i'm coaching right now that have done what their parents wanted them to do or what society told them they should do and they're just now learning who they are they are just now owning (laughs) their goals and their dreams and their desires. And in, because I see this so regularly and there may be a lot of parents that may disagree with my parenting style, but I have daughters that are 22 and 19 and they, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say they do whatever the heck they want, but 
they kind of do whatever the heck they want because I am not trying to be that parent that projects my idea of who I want them to be on them. I'm allowing them to explore at this age and do whatever they want and learn and trial errors and fall and bump their knees and tattoo all their skin and do whatever the heck they want to do because I don't want them to get to the age of 40, 50, 60 years old and be like, well, uh, you know, I spent my entire life doing what my parents wanted me to do. And now they feel lost, right? Because I'm now trying to heal women who have been in that that phase of where they feel broken. So you're not alone. Okay. So another thing too, that you mentioned is about like the parents, right? Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like, cause I've met a lot of people like from around the world and like, I'm very interested in people in general. I think, you know, it's like an indirect way of probably trying to get to know myself (laughs) subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But as far as parenting, my parents are not perfect. But in my opinion, now that I'm, I just turned 32 last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I Happy wouldn't change, <laughs> Thank you. I wouldn't, ch- I like, I never liked that about them because they did have very strong views of what I should be and what they want from me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like that growing up, but now as an adult, just looking at myself right now, like not tooting my own horn, but like I have the values that I would want my children to have. I have, right. you know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. boundaries I have I'm alive <laughs> mm-hmm. if they weren't strict on me I probably would have probably been dead or hurt or in a you know bad place or something like that and like yes I think it's important to like have parents that are that are able to allow you to be a free thinking human being but I feel like in my parents's way of doing it it kind of helped me grow in order to like because I rebelled naturally mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and because I re- rebelled, it gave me the strength to be able to be a trailblazer in my industry, in my lane. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like the concrete that helped the rose grow. <laughs> and that that yeah. rebellion is naturally because because they were trying to confine you. And as a human being, your inner desires and your inner thing, like you were fighting to be who you wanted to be. So regardless if they let you or not, you probably would have still walked the path mm-hmm. that you're meant to, to walk. But I had to learn a long time ago, especially when it comes to our parents and grandparents, they did the best they possibly could with what they had, with what exactly. they knew, right? Meet them where so, they're at, yeah. Yeah, so times have changed. And when we look at, especially Caribbean parents, because my parents are from Jamaica, a lot of the <laughs> programming that they have, <laughs> like if we look mm-hmm. at now with psychology and studies and all these things, like a lot of their their parenting or their way of even living may not necessarily have been the greatest for us from exactly. a mental standpoint. But now that we have all of this access to the internet and knowledge and studies, we know better. So now that we know better, we can do better, right? I don't, we can't judge them for the decisions that they made, but we can learn from them and yeah. not do the same. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, just looking at my parents, first of all, mind you, I am first generation, right? Mm-hmm. American. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine, cause I'm also ADD and I have like learned, like I learned differently and like, you know, I'm literally like the weirdest person you've ever met. You're not <laughs> weird. To- I have a daughter with ADD as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, my weird, like the stuff that I'm into, you know, I'm into like fairies and like the fae, you know, <laughs> so I'm like, really strange. So like, I couldn't imagine being alive growing up in Trinidad, being me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And another thing too, like, I feel like the biggest gift that my parents did give me because they cared so much and because they had high expectations of me, my siblings and I is giving us America. 
I know that's right. like kind of cliche, but like, I like I would probably be in a, an abusive relationship married because that's what's expected, you know, mm-hmm. you know, probably like a drunk or something, you know, like something crazy where I was. Mm-hmm. But like for them to have such high expectations to think to even assume that my children can make it in such a big pond compared to like the small little island that we, we came from. I appreciate mm-hmm. that because they mm-hmm. gave me what they didn't have. You know what I'm right. saying? I think that's where they're, uh, you know, when you say that they're restrict, but I think that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of wanting more for you than what they had or yes. wanting, you know, what's good for you. So sometimes our parents may not be the best in displaying that, but if, right. if you have, if you're able to find a genuine appreciation and find some kind of good <laughs> from it, right. then that's all that matters. No, because they really did do their best. I'm just a child that they didn't understand. My sister and brother, my brother is a little like me. My sister, she was the one that, you know, the do- she became the nurse. She, you know, she literally has a house across the street with her mm-hmm. husband. And her kids, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> and that was exactly who she was meant to be. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I used to be a little bit resentful because, you know, she had my mom to look up to and she had right. my mom to her advice. My mom would, you know, would not be able to do that for me. And I was so resentful that my grandma was dead because I thought maybe I would have had that if she was alive. But if she was right. alive, I wouldn't have fought so hard for, I don't, I still don't know what I'm fighting for. Maybe it's myself or maybe it's the purpose that God has put me here for, but I would not have fought so hard for anything. Right. She would have given the world. <laughs> Literally, right. she would have given it to me instead of me going out and like, fighting like crazy because it looks pretty on paper you know and in instagram Mm -hmm. and stuff but i have fought so hard like you know like even the miss universe thing i didn't even win and it was like the shittiest time of my life like you know what i mean like it was Mm -hmm. the most amazing thing ever and if i didn't go through that i wouldn't have been able to go to you know like some people just like win pretty that's never happened to me (laughs) ever when you speak of you know if your grandmother is here you feel like you would have been different and things would have been different I can completely relate in a sense, and even all the women who have come on and shared losing a loved one and how it's affected them going forward. Obviously, at the time when it happens or while you're still grieving, you know, you want to punch someone in the face when they say everything happens for a reason because you're like, I just lost a loved one. Um, (laughs) But but if I look at who I've become since my sister passed away, I would not be who I am right now. You know, when when she was alive, she fought my battles for me. She was my voice. I had to learn to find and strengthen my own resilience. I had to learn to find my own voice and to help other people, you know, be able to tap into their own voice. I would not have become who I am today if she was still here. So I can completely relate with you on that. Oh, I hate hearing that. In a, in a, I love hearing it and I hate hearing it because it's just like, it means that you have to be hurt and to be broken in order to be built back up, you know? Yeah, I got goosebumps <laughs> again. Whew. Like every single, like by the time this episode comes out, it will probably be in like episode 110, but like every woman that I have interviewed, their pain has birthed their purpose and it doesn't sound fair. (laughs) It it does not sound fair, (laughs) but for some reason that is what has happened. And they've been able to turn their pain into their purpose and to use that to help other people and to serve and to make an impact in the world, like for greater. Yeah. 
That's so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I I hate it. I've been so scared my whole life, I guess, to ask God for certain things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because at the same time, okay, I guess maybe because I'm used to like being around like a lot of shitty people, not my family, but like, you know, this industry Mm -hmm. that a lot of con people. Yeah. And like, for some reason, I have to, like you said, unlearn that God does not want to get one over on you, or he's not trying to manipulate you. He's literally putting you through these things because it's for your good. And like, let's say uh, my mom was actually telling me this. She was just like, let's say you hadn't gone through certain things that you've been through in your life. You're probably would have been dead or sex Mm -hmm. trafficked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, he's, even if you think it's hurt, it's probably protecting you from even worse hurt. Absolutely. I absolutely agree with your mother. Yeah. I don't know her, but tell her I love her. (laughs) She literally just called me. She hears. No, she's such an amazing person. And like, as a child, because of, you know, I'm different and she's different. We always bumped heads. But now with this whole COVID thing, forcing me to be home (laughs) again, Mm -hmm. I am in awe of the beauty that my mother is. I always focused like my attention on mother figure on my grandmother and always like still grieving on her and like crying and hating that God didn't allow her to be here. And I'm like, I did not realize the beauty that I've had here all along, even if Mm -hmm. she didn't support a lot of the the things I've done on my journey, my mom would kill someone for me. And I, I've overlooked that too much. Just the little things like the strength of my mom. My mom comes, she's one of nine girls and one boy. I'm the first of 36 grandkids. You know what I'm saying? She, in my opinion, she makes all of that run. They all, all of her siblings are in different countries. And it's amazing to see how my mom is able to not manage them, but to to able to keep God as what connects us. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. deals with my brother's a Marine. I remember the day that he came home and told my mom, I'm leaving. She didn't even know anything about that. I remember her, when my dad broke his neck in Mexico, like the, the strength. Wow. You know, like I was this last year, I was in a car accident on a job in the Bahamas. I full, oh like, flew through the, the windshield and all I got was like a cut over my eye. That's oh God my again. goodness. Can you imagine the strength that someone has to have to be able to deal with these situations and it's not just from me it's from all the grandkids as well it's it's right. all from there's the brothers and they they did not come from a very happy fun place you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. to be more than anything that i've ever needed utilizing what she the gift that god has given me in a mother right now is actually it's like it's making me super vulnerable and it's also making me like the butterfly i'm like in the caterpillar being reborn you're being reborn right now yeah Yeah, like opening my eyes to the blessings that i've always been blessed with my dad too like i hadn't really had a great relationship with my dad before because he's always been he always been a provider and he always was working so like now we're able to like connect on like we both like photography we're obsessed with my dog we love animals we're Mm -hmm. able to Next. And those things I feel like help you weave together who you are as a person. Those things yeah. are like missing things that, that everybody needs. You know, I know not everybody has 
their parents, but those things are so important. You definitely have supernatural blessings over your life, like in in so many ways. (laughs) I could not not deny it. Like, you know, can't even be humble about that. And it just sounds like, and here's again, we are walking into the calling of your name because you're in this transition period right now and it seems painful and it seems ugly. But if you think about the caterpillar when he is in the cocoon, like that is painful. And then the beauty that comes out, the butterfly. And you've always wanted to be a butterfly. Like I'm just listening to all the symbolic meaning here. I'm like, oh. I love it. I love it. It's like, crazy. <laughs> Before we go, can I ask you a question? This Absolutely. is what I really want. Like, so, you know, basically like the Cliff Notes version of my story, right? Mm-hmm. And a big part of my life is God. I actually, after I finished digital design school in February, I want to get into theology school, not to be a pastor or anything, but just because I'm like obsessed with learning about history and the Bible. Yeah. And I know that there's a calling on my life to be able to transition who I am now into a more faith-based, I guess, influencer, if you could say that. And I started a YouTube channel last week Mm -hmm. for my birthday. And I just don't know how to bring me into being a Christian more present, you know, because like, I curse, I'm a mess. Like, there's so many, you know what I mean? And like, I feel not less than, but I feel unworthy because I don't want people to be like, yes, I, you know, of course, you know, to care a little bit about what people say, but like, I don't want people to be like, well, you know, she's this, she's that, she's that. And it takes away from what I'm trying to do. How are you able to do that? If that so, yeah, it definitely exists. And, and here's what I had to learn because I mean, you know, my mom had us, well, she, my mom used to send me to church with like the neighbors when I was little because she wasn't able to take us. She was working multiple jobs. And then right. I didn't get baptized till I was 12 because my dad yeah. wouldn't let her because he was a Rasta man. And then as I became an adult and I was going through my own adversities, it wasn't until I'm going to say, oh goodness, my son is now 14. So it was 10 years ago, 10 oh. years ago where I committed to having my own relationship with God, not the relationship that, you know, I was forced to have. And in that, as an entrepreneur, and I was just coming online, and I started doing things, I realized that the more that I am myself, the more that I am my authentic self, and not living within anyone else's boundaries, or anyone else, I'm not trying to fit into anyone else's box of anything because I'm definitely claustrophobic. I can't, I can't. Same. (laughs) (laughs) So the more that I did that, the more I attracted the people that I was meant to connect with, that I was meant to minister Mm -hmm. to, that I was meant to align with. I find that there are so many, there are so many people out here that are trying to be the perfect Christian. And I'm here's, I, I separate myself from religion. I have a strong relationship with God, but I, Mm -hmm. I do not like the man-made religions that confine or that say they're better than or that you know secretly underlying display hate the box so exactly (laughs) exactly so what i have done online probably for the last 10 years is authentically just show my relationship with god i don't care whose church whose bible whose what wants to say whatever that yeah. is not me. You can, you, I have heard and had conversations with people in ministry outside 
they curse. Yeah. They just don't do it publicly. You know, I, I they drink. Mm-hmm. They just don't post it online. Like they are human beings. There are certain things that you can do, and as a human, that you will do. Yeah. Like I've probably only had a few trolls online try to tell me, oh, well, you shouldn't this or you shouldn't that or whatever, yeah. but I ignore them. You know, I just right. keep the energy as positive as possible, but I am me and yeah. I've got tattoos. I curse. I'm divorced, like whatever you wanted to say about me. But I know that God loves me. We have mm-hmm. our relationship and I don't really care who wants to say what about it, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much because when people meet me in person from seeing what they see online and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. they are shocked to know I'm like literally God is like the forefront of everything. Like I'm fascinated, right. you know? Yeah. So like be shocked. So like, I don't want to, you know, like turn someone off or misrepresent God too. So, so two things with that. One, when you are your authentic self, you are either attracting who is supposed to be there or repelling who is not. Wow. Dang, so I have, <laughs> I have <laughs> to not care who doesn't like, like, even if I make a post and I say something about God and then, you know, whoever's an atheist or whatever, like they're either don't like the post or unfollow your choice. Yeah. I um, like those people because I want to have conversations with them because they have a story too. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And absolutely. It. <laughs> and it, and it is absolutely possible. Like I have connections with people from all different belief systems. And I was just talking to someone about this yesterday. I have good close relationships with people who follow the Islamic Muslim practices, people who follow Buddhist practices, people who follow Taoism. At the core of it, when we have our conversations, we speak about love. We have the same exactly. morals. We have the same values. We we believe that we're humble enough to know that we are not doing everything on our own. You know, there mm-hmm. there is a higher power. And yeah. we don't argue about the differences in our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will never argue with someone about their beliefs but i am open to listen yeah and if I'm, they want to hear i, I will share <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i might but you know that's just me <laughs> but not in like you're wrong and i'm right kind of thing i just want to learn you know exactly but that's exactly. amazing thank you that's reassuring because that's what i want my youtube channel because i'm literally learning who i am authentically so <laughs> that's yeah. what the whole thing on youtube is about and the only person that can show me who I am is the person who created me. So Amen. You know, Amen. I was worried that people wouldn't respond to that, but fuck them. You, you know, have no idea who you're going to inspire by sharing that. You have a platform. God has given you a platform. Yeah. And it's it's how you use it. Because when I started speaking openly about my story, my journey, especially as a girl who was going to church twice a week, the people right. who were trying to fit into that church girl persona, they're like, oh my God. This girl, she does this, she does that. Oh my goodness. And I started to attract people who never went to church. Yeah. I started to attract people who didn't feel welcomed in the church, but they came (laughs) to me because of the way that I showed love and the way that I had my relationship with God. So you have no idea who you're going to inspire by being your authentic self. Don't ever try to fit into anybody else's box. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much, so much for this opportunity. And like, it, look at it. Like yesterday I had like my whole life shaken. Today it's like God saying, you know, pat me on the back. You're, you're not doing too bad and sending people yeah. like, yeah, like, amen. Amazing. <laughs>
<laughs> God is good. <laughs> he sure is. And he's smarter, he's smarter than I am. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Renee, I can't thank you enough just for being open and transparent with us. Honestly, there I'm sure I'm positive there are so many women that are going to hear this and be blessed just by your transparency in I- your transition of your journey. So thank you so much. Thank you. And if anybody ever wants to like, you know, hit me up, like we're in the same place and let's do it together. I'm so down for that. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let them know where they can stay connected with you online. My Instagram name is Renee Big Time. Don't laugh. My last name was too long and that's what Instagram changed it to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Renee, R-E-N-E-E, Big Time, B-I-G-T-I-M-E. And you can find me pretty much anywhere from that. And my YouTube channel, if you guys are interested, I'm really, really looking for people to like, you know, do this with me. It's me curating my life with God. And that's, you can also find it from Renee Big Time or Renee Bagwandine, if you can spell it, (laughs) B-H-A-G-W-A-N-E-N. And yeah, like, honestly, like, I've never really been very good at engaging because I didn't really know how to approach people in Mm -hmm. that space. But now, as I'm like growing and figuring out who I am, I want to interact with people who are in a similar place to me or in like, you know, suppress this place and can give advice and learn from each other, you know? So I'm definitely interested in anyone that's interested in doing this together. <laughs> awesome. So what I will do is in the details section, I will have the links to your Instagram and your website and your YouTube. So they can just click and connect with you directly. They don't have to search too far. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so (laughs) blessed. (laughs) You're very, very welcome to all of you faith walkers out there until next time. Don't forget to subscribe on all platforms, rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. And you can join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at walkmystilettos.com. And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of at least two of your girlfriends that would receive value from hearing Renee's story, please share it with them. And feel free to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Renee at Renee Big Time. You can tag myself at The Real McKinney Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs>